0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com it being the festive season and all the airing of the grievances continues the new york yankees are the focus And the focus of the Eagles-Cowboys matchup, the pivotal matchup this weekend in the NFL, is Dak Prescott's injured shoulder. We'll have the latest on that. And we will talk to the toughest athlete you've ever heard of in your entire life. A man you've never heard of, but he will change your life if you stick around for that interview. 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Home and home on a Thursday. Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. The smartest way to hire. Check him out ziprecruiter.com slash enter red zone today takes us from Dallas to Philadelphia to Cleveland and all over the country but I start this morning on a Thursday in the Bronx and baseball baseball as you know has lots of unwritten rules it's old crusty history don't steal if your team has a big lead don't bunt to break up a no-hitter don't talk about a no hitter. Don't admire your own home run. Don't admire your own strikeout. Those are all unwritten rules and some of them could use some updating, but nothing like the written rule of the New York Yankees. That is among the worst things in baseball. That's where I'm airing my grievance. Garrett Cole, 323 plus million dollars from the Yankees. The guy's introduced yesterday and has to shave his legendary, glorious, beautiful beard and his rockin' mullet. Shaved it all, looked like a completely different dude. How long does this rule go back? 1973. Old George Steinbrenner, may he rest in peace, said, All players, coaches, and male executives are forbidden to display any facial hair other than mustaches. Scalp hair may not be grown below the collar long. Sideburns, mutton chops are not specifically banned. Johnny Damon shaved. Jason Giambi shaved. Brian Wilson refused to go to the Yankees. That doesn't matter. Now the beard is iconic. Everyone wears a beard. As of 2017, one-third of American men said they have some fashion of a beard. And in New York, two-thirds of all men have beards. The Bronx, home of the Yankees, 73% of men surveyed say they rock the beard and they are proud of it. So what more can you do to relate to your fans? Do away with that goddamn rule, Yankees. It's 2019, 2020 is right around the corner. Beards are in. Relate to your fans. Stop being old crusty and refusing to change. And Ross Tucker allow that ridiculous, archaic, awful rule to join George Steidrunner and rest in peace. That rule sucks.
2: You know what? It doesn't bother me that much. It really doesn't. I mean, especially for a guy like Garrett Cole, who had a lot of options. He could have played for the angels could have played for the Dodgers, probably could have played just about anywhere he wanted to play. He chose to play for the Yankees. And I just, there's something for me, Dave, that's hilarious, that a guy signs a nine-year $324 million, which, by the way, I just saw this new detail. He can opt out after year five. And when he does that, if the Yankees want to be able to keep him, Then they have to add another year and 36 more million. So it's 10 years, 360 million dollars. I just love the concept that a guy has you over the barrel such that he's getting 360 million dollars, yet you still get to tell him he has to shave like you're his dad. And it's 16 years old and he's going to church on a Sunday. It's hilarious to me. You know, first, he had his choice. I think there's something kind of cool and different about it. I really do. Look, I love the beard. I think I look much better in a beard. Like all that stuff, right? But, and I think Garrett Cole looks better in a beard. But there is something kind of cool and different to see Jambi and Johnny Damon and now Garrett Cole fall in line with the team. We have a standard here. We have a rule. It's about being a Yankee, and you are a clean-cut Yankee, and that's what you do. I I don't know. I kind of like it, I think, Dave, just because it's so different and cool and and unique. I think there's something cool about the clean-cut aspect of it. I love, personally, that beard and long hair is out, but mustache is A-OK, like to me, I think the Yankees players that don't like the rule should totally troll it and have like an unbelievable mustache, you know, like one of those that
3: tw- twirls yeah. up at
2: the I mean, that would be hilarious to be like, ah, no, I'm I'm allowed to have a mustache. You're wrong, I'm allowed to have a mustache. But I don't know. There's something so unique about it. There's something kind of cool about everybody being in the same boat about being clean cut. And the fact that these guys are signing these unbelievable deals that are, like, worth more than other pro sports franchises, yet they have to shave, it just kind of cracks me up.
0: Yeah, Donnie Baseball pushed for a little change. Don Mattingly, and, of course, grew committed to his mustache. The Raleigh finger stash would be strong. Uh, For those of you watching on the Radio.com app, we've got a before and an after picture of Garrett Cole. And, oh, man, is it a big difference. I mean, look at the flow on this guy. It's not just the strong beard, but his flow, his lettuce would would flow up in the air. He would throw so hard. And the beard was just strong. Right there is a guy that intimidates you on the mound. I don't want to face him. The guy that was introduced yesterday is the Yankees' new ace. I don't know, not so much. Yeah, I tell you what, one thing this has done is it inspired me to immediately grow back my facial hair because now I'm seeing why Nick Costos crushed me after seeing a clean-shaven face. That's just a better-looking man, athlete, tougher, looks more confident. He has got to fight the system, and this was the opportunity to break the will of the Yankees. I think they would have given in. I think they would have finally said, hey, look, look in the stands, look around our town, look around our state and our country. Everyone's got a beard, and every baseball team is struggling to attract fans and to relate to the younger fans in baseball. Here was an opportunity to show you are like them. They built that absurd multibillion-dollar stadium, and they've really failed to relate to true New Yorkers since. If you look at all the empty seats there, This was their chance. And I'll tell you what, I don't think Garrett Cole thought they were going to make him shave. And I'll tell you why. The New York Post reporting that he brought nothing to shave to New York. He didn't bring a razor, electric, or handle. Uh, He didn't prepare to shave. They were scrambling last minute to find someone. The normal Yankees barber was not on site. They had to call around and they found a guy. Davey Castillo of Davey cuts on Broadway in the Bronx. And he gave him the clean shave. This has to change. It's ridiculous. Let's relate to the fans of 2019 and 2020. And I'll tell you what, Ross, what do you think the Yankees do if Garrett Cole, for some reason starts. 0 six and says, I just don't feel like
2: myself. Oh, that is interesting. Now that, that changes the equation a little bit if he's struggling and he's like, look, I need it. I, it is kind of weird, isn't it, Dave, that they've continued the rule even after uh, George Steinbrenner is no longer running the team. I, I guess it's just yeah. something that his sons believed in as well. It is weird, though. Because as of five years ago, for sure, Dave, I would see all these millennials rocking beards and I'd be like, dude, what is up with all the beards? And I felt like I saw a decent amount of people that looked worse with beards and I just I didn't get it. I wasn't into it. I thought it was just like the hipster thing to do. But now I'm with you. You look way better with facial hair. You're almost (laughs) ugly now. I mean, Garrett Cole, it's just weird. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. I look at pictures of me now without my beard and I cringe. I hate it. Like, what happened there? What happened in my brain? And that where all of a sudden I just think people like you and me and so many others. Look better with a beard. I, I don't get it. I don't know why, but it's true. I'm growing
0: mine back. Yeah, Nick Costo said I look like a penis now, which I've never been able to clear that image from my mind, but I, I, I kind of agree with them now, and I will grow mine back uh, over the holidays. 2020 will start with a beard. So let's get a poll question out there. What do people think of the Yankees' in my estimation, ridiculous and archaic rule requiring players to shave. There was another sign scandal. I don't know if you saw this one yesterday that Garrett Cole brought the sign that said uh, Yankee fan forever that he held up as a kid that got in the local Arizona newspaper. Um, There was some controversy about the sign because it was blue when Garrett Cole held it up as a kid. It was gold at the press conference yesterday. It was kind of the... The dress argument from 2015, does blue fade to gold? What do, do you mean, know? does
2: blue fade to gold?
0: Well, because this sign, again, the letters on the sign oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. when yeah. he was a kid. It was gold when he held it up yesterday. Um, a reporter, Lindsey Adler from The Athletic, says this is the original sign his parents have kept it all these years I've just never seen something fade from blue to gold
2: well I saw you on Twitter at Dave Briggs TV I'm at Ross Tucker NFL and of course our shows at RDC home and home and you called it fake news that it was the original sign so now my question Mr. Newsman is is your tweet about fake news fake news (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I was just having
0: a little bit of fun. Um, yes, it is. But there's still question if this is the original sign. I've hung on to a lot of things that long. I still have my youth football helmet for some godforsaken reason, probably because unlike you, that was my finest years. Like that was That was the time I got to dominate as a football player. As a punk kid playing Little League. But uh, I don't know which is fake news. I I feel like I got to believe Garrett Cole until I have proof. I've just never seen anything fade from blue to gold. And I'm just
2: surprised of all the things that people would save, that his parents would save that sign. You know, I wonder if at some point, you know, they had it and then he was so good that they thought, you know what? maybe he will end up playing for the Yankees. Cause that's a weird thing to save. Although my mom has recently given me a bunch of different pictures. She just gave me a picture recently uh, that, you know, several pictures, one of which I actually tweeted this morning of me June summer before junior year of high school. So, you know, parents keep parents, keep weird things. I guess you never really know, but I got to tell you, Dave, I got rid of most of my stuff, like any of my autographs, any of my stuff from back then. I just have and this 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 is not like a a bragging comment, but I just have so much stuff from like high school, college NFL that keeping stuff from when I was younger, it's just especially stuff of other people. I just don't care anymore. Like I got enough of my own stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, I would too if I played multiple teams in the NFL. The reason I keep a lot of that stuff is, well, that's when I peaked, man. That's when I peaked. So see if we can get to the bottom of this stupid Yankee rule. Maybe we can get Garrett Cole's parents on. I want to see if we can get Davey the barber on to see his thoughts. Because Davey Castillo, he has some facial hair. The guy that shaved Garrett Cole. Uh, From the New York Yankees to the Yankees of football we go, though. And the Dallas Cowboys, biggest game of the week faced the Philadelphia Eagles. Two seven and seven teams meeting in week 16 is oddly the game of the week. Hard to imagine anything more consequential, anything more heated in terms of the rivalry and the passion between these two fan bases. It will be awesome on Sunday. It's one of the few games I would actually pay to go to, and I don't, like either team, but the focus right now is Dak Prescott. The injured shoulder raised a lot of eyebrows yesterday and the transparency of Jason Garrett also raised a few more eyebrows. This is a tough guy has never missed a complete practice in his NFL career and has never missed a game. This is a tough ass dude, Dak Prescott. Let's go to one Oh five three. The fan in Dallas as we fire up the Radio.com Red Zone and hear from our guys discussing the shoulder injury to Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback.
3: Hard for him to function right now out of Coach Garrett's mouth is like him admitting that him and Jerry Jones had a fist fight in the cafeteria. <laughs> so when I woke up from the nap, I had to wipe the sleep out of my eyes, slap myself a little bit and say, what? What? hard for him to function that type of admission from jason i'm probably overreacting but that scared me a little bit and then you said this morning that dak held his right arm down during jumping jacks that doesn't sound good and he's not going to throw maybe till saturday jason garrett who is the definition of vanilla and vague is talking about dak prescott having trouble functioning He was able to function and play well in the game, but Dak Prescott is struggling not with a hairline fracture in the finger, which we asked him about on Monday, but a shoulder issue? What's going on? For him to volunteer it is really out of character.
1: Uh, And there it was. And yeah, jumping jacks, Dak couldn't fully do jumping jacks. His right arm didn't participate. He did not throw yesterday, not really. And may not throw until Saturday.
0: 105 3, the fan in Dallas. As we start our radio.com red zone, nominee things more frustrated than the way Bill Belichick handles injuries and has zero transparency. But should Jason Garrett have revealed that much about his quarterback's injury in front of the most important game of the season? Said Zach Martin, knowing Dak, you'd have to kill him to get him off the field. Ross, should Jason Garrett reveal that much?
2: So there's two different things here, Dave, that I think are really interesting, right? Number one, you know, Zeke Elliott has said it's an AC joint sprain. And it's funny. We can talk about the Garrett part of it, but you've got guys like Amari Cooper telling the media, yeah, in that game we were running RPOs. But before the snap, before in the huddle, Dak said, Hey, I'm not going to throw it. I'm just handing it off because his shoulder was bothering him that much. So Amari Cooper tells the media that. Zeke Elliott tells the media it's an AC joint sprain, and he gets one every year, and it it really bothers him. It'd be hard to throw. Jason Garrett says can barely function. This is bizarre to me. I mean, I'm not saying every team has to be the Patriots, Dave, but I just don't understand what there is to be gained by revealing this much information about the injury, unless you're playing possum, unless he's actually fine. And you're, this is all some elaborate ruse, which I tend to doubt that it would be an elaborate ruse. I think that they're being honest. It's just weird to me that you are giving out this kind of information, not just Garrett, but the players, and I can tell you from experience, Dave, several teams I played for, they would not be happy about this. Bill Belichick would go ballistic if guys were re- revealing this information. I mean, this is just not smart. I it, it would be tough for me to understand any logic as to how the Cowboys benefit from making all this information public unless – it's like I said, some type of reverse psychology here and they're messing with the Eagles and Dak's totally fine because otherwise, and I'm sure he'll try to shoot it up and all that stuff, Dave. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, at least the Eagles might think, you know what, let's make, let's make him throw the, the deep out to the far hash, to, to the far uh, out of bounds. Let's make him throw a deep throw and show he can do it if he's really hurting this much.
0: Yeah, certainly makes Jim Schwartz's job easier, and especially given their best, arguably, offensive output of the year came with the emphasis on the ground game, both backs over 115 yards last weekend against the Rams. You would think they'd see a stacked box trying to sell out to stop the run and see if Dak can beat them. So it's Dak versus Wentz. Who you got? The ultimate quarterback quarterback, competition, I think, because the guys have been in the league the same amount of time. They're in the same division. They will forever be measured against one another in terms of their record, their performance, their Super Bowls, their playoff appearances, their fan bases are equally passionate. To me, it's not that difficult, but boy, you see this argument back and forth, back and forth. I take Dak over Carson Wentz. I am in the minority on that. Generally, I just speak to the eye test because I've seen enough of both guys to say my eye test says I would rather start my franchise and center it around Dak Prescott than I would around Carson Wentz. So the eye test isn't necessarily a great answer. So I had to dive inside the numbers and they're about even Dak Prescott, a higher completion percentage, but not much 2% higher about the same completion uh, about the same touchdown to interception ratio Dak Prescott has a higher rating, but only four points higher. So I still didn't have great proof that he was a better quarterback. Part of it is health. Carson Wentz has played 54 games. Dak has played 62 in those four years. And a big number for you is not just the record. Dak's is obviously better. But Carson Wentz has 46 fumbles in his four years. I'm taking Dak, and I'm not torn about it. Ross?
2: And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. First of all, before I get into the Dak Wentz thing, I do want to mention one other thing on the Dak injury, which I do think is significant, Dave. And this comes to us from pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. He had a Twitter thread. He was the longtime team orthopedic surgeon for the Chargers. And he said, AC joint for Dak Prescott would be good news. I fear rotator cuff contusion due to the elbow hitting the ground first, not the shoulder. AC joint sprains hurt immediately. Dak continued through the game without leaving for injection. Rotator cuff contusions don't, but get worse and swell with time. Dak played three and a half quarters and is now worse. Not saying Dak won't play. He's tough as they come. But to me, this is significant and could affect him versus Eagles. Rotator cuff is vital to a thrower. If truly just a C joint, then I would have no worries with an injection. So I think that's interesting right there that needs to be mentioned specifically for this game, that the Cowboys are putting all this information out, but Dr. Chow, based on the video and based on you know what happened with Dak in that game, seems to think maybe it's a rotator cuff contusion, which could make it even worse. I got to tell you, in terms of the Wentz versus Dak debate, Dave, right now, I think it would be hard to go with Wentz. Now, things are a little bit skewed, because Wentz has played very well late in the last two games. He has shown an ability to be clutch and to raise the performance of essentially the practice squad guys or the preseason crew that is around him. So I think the way the last two games have ended for the Eagles is a real feather in Wentz's cap. That said, in general... Dak has been better than Wentz this season, and I'd say by a decent amount. You combine that with the fumbling issues for Wentz, and most importantly, and you nailed it, Dave, is the health. Wentz has been injured every year except for this one. Hasn't been able to finish the last two seasons. Dak has never missed a game. So I think most organizations right now If they had to pick somebody, they would pick Dak. Now, that being said, Dave, I think Dak's going to get close to $40 million a year this offseason. The Eagles have Carson Wentz at $32 million. So I do think if you take the money into account and the contract, $8 million is a couple of really good players. So I think if you take the contract into account, I think I'd probably go Wentz based on what I'm projecting Dak will get. If you don't take the contract into account, I think you go Dak.
0: They're going to slap him with that franchise tag. At least that feels to me like where that's headed. What about the opinion of a Super Bowl champion and a very talented NFL analyst in Trent Dilfer? He was on 105.3 The Fan talking about this very argument. Would he take Dak or Carson Wentz? If he was building an organization, here's Trent Dilfer.
1: You know, I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Cowboys radio show. I would say Dak because I think Carson, Carson's more talented. Yep. Um, Wentz is one of the premier talents in the league, but Wentz also still has the Superman complex where he thinks he can make every play at every time and he gets careless with the ball. I think Dak has learned a lot of discretion over the past year past year. And although he is very talented and yes, he does try to make plays sometimes too often. he still, I can see it. I can actually see it when I watch him play like, Oh, I can make that play, but I don't need to. And he dumps it off or throws it away or scrambles for two yards or makes a good decision. And you're like, wow, that kid gets it at a young age. And I, that's something I never got like 14 years. I was still trying broken down old man with no talent. <laughs> and I was still trying to make the play, quote-unquote, make the play. And the great ones, look at Drew Brees last night. I mean, he goes, what do he go, 29 of 30? Yeah. But about seven of those completions where he had something else, and the very last second he says, no, I'm going to dump it off right over here. Or I'm just going to get one yard. Or I'm just going to get four yards. Because if I keep doing that, I'm going to keep getting more opportunities to make the big play later on, and, and I can see Dak doing that.
0: Trent Dilfer? On 1053, the fan in Dallas on who he'd take, Dak versus Wentz. Your reaction, Ross.
2: I don't disagree. I, and I think it I, I think really, unless you believe that Wentz's upside is significantly more and you believe he'll get there, I think most people would agree with that right now. I think it's fair, it's interesting before this season. I think I would have said Wentz and it's weird because he didn't finish the two years prior and Wentz has been playing better as of late, but Dax had an MVP caliber season and we all know that he's got much better personnel around him than Wentz does, especially this year with all the injuries the Eagles have suffered, but Dax been awfully impressive MVP caliber, never missed a game. And Wentz still misses some throws that make you scratch your head a little bit. He still has the fumbling issue. I like what Dilfer said about Superman complex. I think all those things are fair. But I also think we might be singing a a different tune a year from now, you know, when Wentz has all his weapons and he's a year removed from the injury. We'll see. It'll be very, very interesting. But right now, I think most NFL people would go with Dak for all the reasons you, me, and Trent Dilfer all mentioned.
0: Yeah, I thought one of us might disagree with that, but uh, I guess we're all in agreement. Carson Wentz was clutch, 11 for 11 in the fourth quarter to save their season. He's going to need all of that, four quarters of that, to beat a much more talented Uh, Dallas Cowboys roster talk about Dak Prescott being tough well after a quick break here we'll talk to a guy who is tougher than Dak Prescott tougher than Zeke Elliott tougher than any player on either team Eagles or Cowboys and he's a guy you've never heard of his name is Eric Erdman he's a former running back and a linebacker at Millersburg High School he is currently battling cancer and his story will move you we'll have that for you after a break Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing
1: needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Should the Cleveland Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr.? We'll go to 92.3 in our radio.com Renzo. That's in Cleveland. We'll hear from the home fans and hosts on what they should do with the wide receiver that makes 18 million bucks a year and still says, Hey, come get me. We'll also answer our poll question from yesterday. Young Redskins fans. Is it okay for them to switch and root for the Ravens? Given what the Redskins have shown you after the last two decades of mediocrity under Dan Snyder. It's a Thursday home and home at radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by zip recruiter. The smartest way to hire, check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Started this program talking about the toughness of Dak Prescott, one of the tougher quarterbacks in the NFL, hasn't missed a game, hasn't missed a practice, would do anything to get out there on the football field. Dak Prescott is nowhere near as tough as our next guest, the toughest athlete you've never heard of on the planet anywhere. His name is Eric Erdman and he joins us now. Eric's a 19 year old, now a former running back and linebacker for Millersburg High School in PA. Eric, it's an honor to have you on the program. It's Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. You are now battling cancer and not the opposing football teams, but you said being diagnosed with cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. Please
4: explain. Uh, yeah. So uh, when I got diagnosed, um, at at the t- uh, sorry, at the time, uh, I started a foundation. It's called uh, Give a Child a Voice, and you know it's the stuff that I went through. So it's uh, life thugging illness, so the cancer side, and then uh, bullying and child abuse, and also uh, my aunt went back to NASCAR. So she's a uh, she's actually the i believe she's the the she's like uh she's at the the top elite uh range of nascar which is really cool to see her going 180 miles around the track with the the give a child a voices logo it's really awesome you know i never would have thought in a million years that cancer would make me you know find my voice again make me speak out and uh you know be something that I always wanted to be. And that was, you know, my, be, be myself that I can, I liked, and back then I didn't like myself because, you know, I was introverted and shy. Uh, I went through a lot, but after I, you know, shared my story with uh, my mom, my brother, and uh, yeah, cancer, it, it changed my life. I think for really good. And I'm I'm not including the health reasons, but I mean, with my health, it is what it is. I don't I don't look at it, at it as a negative way.
2: Eric, it's Ross. Good to talk with you. Good to see you, man. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm I'm doing okay. Thank you. How how you been?
2: Doing great, man. It's been too long. Uh, good to see you. Like I said, and talk with you. Uh, you know, I I was struck when I first met you and incredibly impressed when I first met you. For people that don't really understand your backstory and why the name of the foundation is Give a Child a Voice, can you explain what you went through before you were diagnosed with cancer?
4: Uh, Yeah, um, so I'm going to have to start from the way beginning. (laughs) So... Um, when I was born, I was a pound 15 and, uh, I also had a twin brother. He passed away, uh, on the exact time I was born, on the exact time when I was born. And, uh, I had five major operations, uh, the largest one being the reconstruction of my airway. So, uh, being 25 weeks early, being a preemie, you know, you go through a lot, but, uh, you know, my life it always has been, you know, with med- medical, always in and out of hospitals, just for, you know, being so premature. And then, you know, when I got to the age of 11, I never would have thought, but this is when I came a, uh, you know, a victim of bullying and that this was, you know, I was getting bullied in school. And back back then it was rougher because you know there's not stuff in place there wasn't stuff in place that there is now and uh, I also had this at the same time which is really unfortunate I was a victim of child abuse physical and mental um, it was rough it felt like I was basically on an island you know not having anyone to talk to and uh Yeah, and what's insane about that, so the child abuse lasted for three years, and uh, three years later, I uh, started a foundation. It's called Give a Child a Voice. No, uh, sorry, let me me revert. So three years later, I uh, got diagnosed with a which was a grade three in a plastic a brain tumor. So this is a, it's a form of brain cancer and uh, 200 kids a year uh, get diagnosed. Not only 52 adolescents a year get diagnosed. So I was in that adolescence range. So the adolescence range for cancer is, is 14 to 19. And I was 16 at the time. And at the same time uh, of, you know, getting diagnosed, which was crazy to wrap my head around. My uh, aunt actually uh, started a GoFundMe. So this GoFundMe raised about 64000 in 13 days, which is a lot. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. And what the GoFundMe was for was so I was going out of state and going to get radiation. But the hospital that I was going to, it wasn't like, like Hershey Hospital in Pennsylvania, or St. Jude in Memphis, Tennessee, it was, it was like you had to, you had to pay out of pocket for getting radiation. And uh, so we used about, I would say, a lot of the money. And uh, I was trying to think of the math, but I couldn't do it. So uh, we had about 29500 left over. And uh, with that, you know, I was raised to, you know, always pay it forward. My mom, she did an amazing, amazing job of raising, you know, Tyler and I. Tyler's my older brother. And, uh, yeah, you know, and so with the money, uh, we we all, you know, sat down in a circle, and we started the uh, TEK Foundation, it, CC Incorporated, so that's the long name, but we are doing business as Give a Child a Voice, which, uh, it you know, it means a lot. So why, you know, Give a Child a Voice? So uh, the foundation, for me, you know, I, I lost my voice when, you know, I went through, when I was bullied and when I was abused, because I, I was, you know, shy. I, I felt like I had no one to trust to, you know, talk to or trust. And that sounds weird, because, you know, looking back at it, you know, my mom, she, she's like, you know, my best friend. And uh, I just didn't, turn to her and talk to. But you know, when you're going through child abuse, most kids just want to keep it in, keep it, you know, deep down inside, not tell anybody. And so when uh, I got diagnosed, this was, you know, when I had to speak out because I wanted to share my story. So as I was, you know, getting my radiation done uh, with this foundation. So it's all about educating uh, children and adults about the importance of a child's voice. That's our—that's uh, the main thing our foundation does. And uh, when I was getting radiated, uh, make a wish approached. And uh, this is where I actually met you, e. Ross, for the first time. And um, so on, t- I think it was, yeah, on December 2nd of 2017, uh, I, my Make-A-Wish, I didn't want the spotlight to be shined over me. That's just how I was, so I paid it back. So I paid it back to my high school. So my high school got a refurbished uh, weight room, and with a Make-A-Wish, the wish cost only $14,000, which... Don't get me wrong, that is a lot of money. And uh with you know, with a weight room buying weight equipment, the fourteen thousand won't get you far, but it's a good start. And uh so for from Mega Wish connections and from our connections that we had at the time with our foundation, and we actually made made this weight room actually, you know, come to fruition. The uh, weight room actually ended up being a $300,000 weight room, which flows my socks off because that it, it's insane how much people actually, you know, care. And it, it just, it, it was amazing that all the equipment, you know, was, was donated and, you know, like the windows were donated. It, it was insane. And, uh, yeah, so as the, uh, as that gym was going on, so, uh, before that, so, oh, um, sorry, hang on. This whole cancer thing got me drinking a lot of water. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so going on with this whole gym thing so before what uh, many people uh forgot about was me you know dealing with cancer and uh so i'm still i'm a still fighting i have had so in total i've had four brain four brain surgeries 61 sessions of radiation so that's basically three four three four three full rounds of radiation and uh, I had a clinical trial. So, what a cl- clinical trial is? It's basically it goes rat monkey me. I'm the uh, I was the first one on my trial, and with my kind of uh, illness. And uh, the clinical trial, it was they called it chemotherapy, but it, it I know for a fact it wasn't. <laughs> I was on the uh, like my first a cycle so a cycle is 27 is 25 days and then you have uh, about a couple days break from it and they start back up so in total it's 27 days so uh, you know I did my first cycle and tell you what it was hurting my quality of life you know I basically lived in the bathroom heck I could have brought basically a pillow and a blanket and made a little home in there but uh, yeah, so I had to get out of that clinical trial because it was just getting bad, and um, yeah. So it, and so yeah, I have been through the ringer many times. Uh, I kept all of my hospital bands. This is just a side note, and uh, I have about over three hundred hospital hospital bands, which is crazy. And um, yeah, you know, I uh, I'm not worried about what the future holds with my health. It is what it is. Uh, this August, actually, uh, we met down with, you know, all my doctors, and they, you know, they told me, "Hey, you have four to six months to live. And uh, so I'm taking the six months route. Uh, I have to look on the bright side, you know, I've been a fighter all my life. And you know, my family's around me, I have a whole community around me. I mean, there's all people rooting, so we can't, you know, end the fight now.
2: Wow, Eric, thank you for sharing all that. Um, I knew most of that, not all of it. I want to go back to the Make-A-Wish, you know, because we always see on ESPN on the Make-A-Wish thing and the kid gets to meet Carson Wentz or he gets an autograph from a baseball player or whatever. I didn't know it was $14,000, which is the cost of a wish or whatever. That's interesting. Specifically, why was it important to you to get a new gym in your small town, your small high school? What was it about a gym or your high school or having a new gym that was important to you?
4: So uh, with, the, uh, with the gym thing, uh, which was crazy, but uh, so as I was, you know, getting abused, getting bullied, what I found that, you know, gave me courage and building up to give me, you know, my voice was being in that weight room you know people go for runs people read to relieve stress you know my stress reliever my out basically was going to the gym and you know so i just hope that you know with these weight rooms so we already have you know two in place i just hope you know a little kid could you know find courage like i did through you know lifting weights. So with the make a wish with the whole gym idea, that that's basically, you know, why the gym idea is because that's how I found my voice. And I just hope you know more kids find it that way.
0: And just as amazing is the fact that you instead of choosing to meet a, a famous athlete or coach, not just you do the gym, but you then wanted to do a gym for your rival high school, not just your own, why?
4: Um, I felt, you know, it was necessary. You know, uh, many schools uh, around where I live, uh, the weights are, they're terrible, you know, they're rotted out, they're, you know, there's old uh, iron ones and, you know, they're all rusted and I just felt, you know, so all the communities in my community have helped so much. They contributed so much money to the foundation. And I just wanted to pay it back to uh, Halifax in Pennsylvania to help, you know, you know help, uh, help po- possibly help, you know, children to have a voice and hopefully, you know, speak out. And I know people say that, oh, my God, why was it your rival? You know, I wasn't thinking at the time about rival. I was just thinking about doing the right thing.
2: Eric, what can people do now? Uh, I know I was at, uh, I believe, the the first unveiling and had a chance to speak there. And it was incredible. That, that weight room was awesome that Millersburg now has behind the basketball court. What can people do now? Why are you on our show? What can we help spread the word on at this point?
4: So, uh, which is what is really crazy. So uh, we just launched our, you know, our nationwide gym giveaway. And uh, we are trying to raise $300,000. And with, you know, the 300000 it's obviously going to, you know, redo some schools uh, weight room and you know right now uh, schools uh, if you're seeing this, you know please get your uh, get your submissions in because uh, the deadlines approaching fast uh, our deadline for submissions is around it's I believe it's January like uh, yeah it's it's in January so, you know, we, some schools don't have much time. So, um, yeah, so that's our main thing right now that we did is we launched our National Dream giveaway. And uh, actually, which was really cool, was I was in uh, California. I know I'm kind of going off the beaten path, but I was in California, I was in LA. So the main reason why we were there, not for really vacation was, uh, there's a gym, and it was going basically like it was about to close the doors because the property was, you know, going to get sold. So we went there and we got some nice weight equipment for, you know, a pretty, pre, it's a really good price. And I was just blown away that, you know, like people were. Just, so amazing and you know this next gym and i just want it to be like you know a gym you haven't seen before you know each give a child a voice gym if you see it's volume one volume two and then this will be volume three i we made them volumes because it's like a book each chapter so you know i like to say you know life it's like, it's like a, life is like a bookshelf, in my opinion. So each book, you know, there's some big, there's some small. Each year, you get a blank 365 pages to rewrite, you know, your story for that year. And there's some books that are big or and, and some books that are small. But, you know, in life, you have some people living, you know, so long time, you know, like a big book, or like me, you have a small book where you know they give you, you know, your end date basically, and you know, I don't, I don't measure success in how long you live. I measure in, you know, what, when, when you have, you know, when you're on this earth, what are you, you know, gonna do to you know, pay it forward and try to help people.
2: All right,
0: buddy. Uh, We wish you nothing but the best, Eric Erdman. And just a reminder, the website is giveachildavoice.us. You can nominate a school. You can make a donation. You are an inspiration to all of us, Eric. And we thank you for your time today, my friend.
4: All right. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so glad that I finally came on. You guys' podcast is amazing. You know, uh, I uh, actually, yeah, as Ross said, I used to play football. I played up until, you know, my sophomore year. Then my junior year, I got diagnosed with, uh, you know, the, the my cancer and, uh, I, you know, some place to go and just, you know, kick back, relax and hear some great, great talking about some, you know, about football. It, it's amazing to me. Thank you so much.
2: No, thank you. Thanks, Eric. Yeah.
4: For what you're doing uh, and
0: for the time today and really just for for what you are doing. Eric, thank you. Uh, You know, Ross, I don't even know what to say. I can't can't imagine um, the courage. I can't imagine uh, the unselfishness. (laughs) I'm without words, unfortunately, for both.
2: Yeah, so my reaction is uh, twofold. One is uh, he actually makes me feel like I should be better. You know, I I, I was going to say he makes me feel bad. That's not true. He makes me feel like I should strive to be better in my life in every way. Uh, And he is one of the most impressive people I've ever met. And I've been on a bunch of NFL teams. And I know Brady and all these guys. Uh, But to overcome everything he overcame from birth, through the bullying and abuse, through cancer, and to still, after all of that, have his make-a-wish be in some way giving back, to his community and his high school students. I can tell you right now, uh, Dave, his high school, Millersburg High School, probably about 45 minutes north of where I am right now, up the Susquehanna River in central Pennsylvania. We could have asked him, but I think the graduating class is somewhere between 50 and 60 students a year. Uh, It is that small. They are a single A. In every sport, I mean, it's as small as it gets. In fact, starting next year, I know they're going to actually co-op with another school in the area so that they can continue to field a football program because they've been playing recently with between 15 and 22 kids on a high school football team. Uh, But, um, you know, they're very tough people up there. Uh, they're very genuine people up there, and I respect the heck out of them. And none of them more than Eric. I met him at a function. He came right up to me, was telling me a story. Uh, this is a couple years ago. I just couldn't believe how this 16-year-old was talking to me. Um, and I don't. And I. And I just mean how confident he was. And in terms of telling his story and everything, I was blown away. He asked if I would speak at the unveiling. Of course, I did that, was happy to do that. And I distinctly remember saying that, and you'll appreciate this, Dave, with all of the polarization in our society, it was really impressive to see that community and not just his community, but the neighboring communities of Halifax and Upper Dolphin, to see them all come together, and you know they got that three hundred thousand dollars for the first gym from raising money, but also pretty much everyone that worked on that gym donated. Donated. They got a lot of weight donations. They got a lot of the materials donated. All of the workers donated their time. I mean, it was really, really impressive. And I remember making the comment that I wish our country or I wish other parts of the country could see what's going on in Millersburg and could come together and rally around for a common cause like they had. I I think it's a shame that you need something like Eric Erdman and what he's going through to get people to rally together, to do something positive like that. But his legacy will go on forever in Millersburg and in that area. Um, I mean, he's a legend up there. He's a hero and he's had a positive impact on my life and that of many, many others. It's, um, I'm glad we got a chance to talk to him because as he said, you know, he's going for the six months But he doesn't really know how much time he has left. So I I just am so glad we got to talk about it and talk about the website. Giveachildavoice.us. So cool that he wants to try and get more and more gyms because of the positive impact lifting weights had on him when he was going through some really, really heavy stuff in his life.
0: Anything else we can talk about after Eric Erdman is obviously going to be trivial, going to pale in comparison to the importance of what he's trying to accomplish. That being said, we will dive back into the NFL when we come back. Should the Cleveland Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Should anyone go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Did they make it better by firing Tom Coughlin? Is Russell Wilson the prototype quarterback in? In the NFL, we're also joined by Brad Evans after a quick break. He has the best bets for the NFL Week 16 coming up after a word from our friends,
2: Ross. Our friends are ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. They've got screening questions that help you filter candidates, which is really nice, because then it's easier to focus on the best ones than ultimately... Find the right one. In fact, I know people like Gretchen Huebner, the Codable co-founder, who was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly, and she hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. everybody it's ross tucker thanks for listening to the home and home podcast remember you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home